Praise the Lord, man. Welcome to the church. Check us out. Pastor Blake just got through praying and helped us hear the words of Jesus, right? And, and so we're going to begin with that right off the bat. I want to share with you something that um, Jesus told his disciples. He called his disciples. And he says, I'm going to tell you some stuff. He told them all kinds of stuff. And this is just a little piece of it. He told, these are, this is something he told the people who were going to follow him, right? This is what he told the people who are going to be like him and show others what he looks like. This is something he told his church. And so I would like us, the church, to please just stand up while I read these 150 verses all right, just kidding. Just stand up though, please. Just stand up while I just read these together, please. All right, and let's just, let's just give praise and honor and glory to the one who said these words, all right? So Father, we give you the praise in the name of Jesus Christ, and we just give you thanks, Lord God, guide us. Matthew chapter five, verses 14 through 16. Jesus said this. He said, you, say me. Hallelujah, that's what he's doing, man. He said, he said you are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people put a light under a basket, but on a stand. And it gives light to everyone in a house. In the same way, let your light shine. Your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Go ahead and sit down. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Amen. That's a good place for some amens and clapping and all that fun stuff. You see, because he told us that. He's telling us that right now. And see, right now, we are recognizing, man, that the world, the world, all right, is ready for yet another awakening. The world is, is ready for, for another movement of God. The question is, are we ready to lead it? Are we ready to lead that movement? Are we ready to lead that awakening? Are you ready? We've been given the opportunity once again in history to show the way. But the question is, man, can we be trusted? We're showing the way. Can we be trusted? We're showing our light. Will we be believable in this, man? Will we be believable, man, as the whole world is stretching out its legs right now? You know, we just gone through some craziness. And yeah, I know it ain't over, you know what I mean? And there's going to be this and there's going to be that. But we all know that right now the whole world is itching, man, to stretch out. To look outside and see and to search for direction and to see which way to go. And how are they going to know which way to go? How are they going to know the direction unless we, the church, the light that Jesus said of the world, unless we show them? Man, but I got to ask, <laughs> why should they follow us? We're freaks. Tripped out people, man. Some crazy, peculiar people is what the scriptures call us, right? Why should they follow us? Why should they follow you? Why should they trust us? Why should they believe you? Are you living that believable life? 
Because it is right now, right now, right now, that we should recognize, that we should know, I don't, if any other time, I mean, and, you know, that what we say and what we do really, truly does matter. And it matters worldwide. It matters significantly in every household. So right now is the time that we really, truly need to know who we are, amen? And who we must be. We've been talking about how personal inspiration, how inspiration needs to lead to that personal transformation. And if, and if inspiration will lead us to that transformation, well, that is what leads the way for community and worldwide restoration. Transformed people, inspired by God's Holy Spirit, leading the way as we were intended to since the beginning of time. The world needs people who are set apart for this purpose. People who are set apart for this purpose. This is what the planet is crying out for right now. Most of them don't even know it, but they're looking for it. People who are set apart. And we're like, what does that mean? Set apart. I'll put it up here, man. There's a life that is changed by Jesus Christ uh, on the inside, all right, that man, makes a difference in life on the outside. A life changed by Jesus Christ on the inside that makes a difference in life on the outside. So I went to the doctor, right? Because I felt there was something going wrong on the inside. So I'd see the doctor because they know about the insides, Right? So I get to the doctor, right? And the doctor's, uh, you know, not, she called in sick that day. But they said, there's good news. We have somebody else here who got accepted into the most prominent medical school in the country. They went one day. They got some books. They never went back to school, but they got accepted. And they got some books. Every once in a while, they look at the books. They might have an idea what's going on. They know those, some of the terms because they've been reading. And should I trust that doctor with my insides? Yes or no? Would you trust that doctor with your insides? Absolutely not. Of course, I'm just kidding. My doctor is awesome. I love my doctor. I call my doctor the gangster doctor. Why? Because she is, she is committed, all right, to being a doctor consistently looking and searching and learning and living it out, man, and coming with new stuff, man. And I'm just like blown away. And I told my doctor, man, you are a gangster. She said, what's that? <laughs> it, just, it just means you're sold out, man. You, you're, all, you're all the way in. And I'm digging it. Every one of us want the, 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 the best doctor, right? We want the, the best builder. We want the, you know, the best super pastor. Sometimes we look for those, which is, not, um, you know, good luck, all right? We want the best of the best to guide us, right? We want, we want, we want somebody who is believable to lead us in areas that we find significant in life, amen? What if we truly were? What if we continue, what if we committed to be those people, the people that God really said we can be? What if, what if, what if we really believed it, man? What if we not only believed it, but we poured into that life? What if we not only poured into that life, but you know what? We continue to grow in that life and lead others into that life. What if we became those, those world changers that God set us out to be? This one guy, I can't pronounce his name, but he wrote this. All right, I'll put it up there. Maybe you can pronounce his name. All right. 
He said, people who live in the kingdom of God, what do we remember the people who, who live in the kingdom of God in such a way that it provokes questions in which God is the only answer? Oh, maybe I won't put it up there. I thought I gave that to Maybe I didn't. My bad. So anyways, all right? But anyways, pretend it's up there, and here it is. It's pretty awesome. What if we, you know, we were the people who live in the kingdom of God in such a way that it provokes questions in which God is the only answer? You know, we're not able to receive any of that glory or accolade or anything like that. We just continually point to him. That's, this is, what, how are you, why are you, you know, like, because, because of him. How do you do, him? How can you say no to, because of him? How can you live in such a power, because of him? Are you that church? Are you that church? Are you the church, man, that says, you know what? I not only believe, but I trust the gospel of Jesus Christ. I know from the beginning of mankind, we have pushed our way from the one who created us to be with him. We've pushed our way away from him and he provided a way back through his son, Jesus Christ, because we continually led, led this rebellious life, this sinful life, that there was only one way and God wanted us so bad to be with him, not only right here, but for eternity, that he sent his only son. He sent his son, Jesus Christ, all right, to, to come and pay for our sins, to die on the cross for your sins and my sins, to be buried and to just kick the devil's butt and then kick death's butt, all right, and kick sins. If I don't know if sin has a butt, but if it had one, you know, kicked it, all right, and just, and then, and then rose again, defeated death and rose again, amen. Do you believe and trust that gospel? Do you believe that he's coming back? Hallelujah. Do, do, you know, do you trust and believe the gospel? Do you, do you recognize that in this life, even after we have trusted and believed this gospel, all right, and we serve the king of kings, the only king, all right, Jesus Christ, that the little kings are going to rise up in our life, kings of pride, kings of power, kings of pleasure, and that we have to chop the heads off those kings that try to exalt themselves higher than the only king. Are you living that life? Are you that church that trusts the gospel and cast down all those fake kings? And then finally, this week, next week, and the week after, we're gonna pursue this idea. Are you the king who, are you the king, I'm sorry. Are you the church that pursues holiness? That pursues holiness? That pursues a, a different life that makes a difference in life. You see, we're supposed to be lighting the way forward. Jesus just called us lights. We're supposed to be lighting the way forward because he lit our way forward. But we need to be believable. We need to be trustworthy. We need to be believable, man. And this is why he calls us to be holy. We need to be living a different life that makes a difference in life. Is your life that believable? There's nothing new. At the beginning of mankind, throughout the time, God would choose, you know, uh, people until finally he chose a people group to know him and to make him known on the planet. 
because people, it was in us to just continually push our way further and further away. So he chose a group of people called the Israelites to, to know him and, and to make him known, to, to challenge the world, all right, right here in this call of being believable people. He shares this crazy word in, in Leviticus. Let's just go through Leviticus. This is a great way to start a day, right? Check this out. In Leviticus chapter 20, verse 22, he begins as he's telling these people, he's telling them, look, man, you're going you're gonna, to you're, you know, uh, move into this land, all right? You're going to settle there. You're going to grow as a people who know me, who serve me, who worship me, who loves me, who knows that they're loved by me and even served by me. And you're going to serve the world in that love, for that love, so that they too can know me. But first, you need to be believable. And that's why he says in Leviticus chapter 20, verse 22, you shall therefore keep all my statutes and all my rules and do them that the land where I am bringing you may not vomit you out. Tell me how you really feel, God. Because <laughs> that's kind of crazy. Vomit me out. I, I had a procedure done not too long ago and I had some pain pills. <laughs> And, and, and the doctor, I was out of it when the doctor was telling my wife, you know, here's how to distribute these. And he was like, every, you know, four hours, you know, just got to you know, give, give him a pain pill four hours and then, and then some ibuprofen or some leave. And then maybe another eight hours later, give him another pain pill. All she heard was give him a pain pill every four hours. <laughs> She's waking me up in the middle of the night. It's time for your pain pill. I'm like, wait, man, wait, 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 wait. The next day... <laughs> Violently, violently. I'm surprised I didn't knock the back off the toilet, man. I was like, man, we're going to need to order a new one of these because it was violent. He, but but this, is, this is the imagery that God is giving us, all right, when we are an unbelievable people, when we're just not believable, when he says to be holy because I'm holy, man. I want you to show people what I look like, but you need to be believable. He says, I don't want you to look at verse 23. I don't want you to walk in their customs and the nations that I'm driving you out before them. For they did all these things and I detested them. But look at verse 24. But I have, I've said to you, you're going to inherit the land and I'm going to give it to you to possess, a land flowing with milk and honey. And I am the Lord your God who has separated you from the people. I'm not sending you to imitate them. I'm sending you to lead them in love. I'm sending you to lead your family. I'm sending you to lead your friends in love. I'm sending you to lead the people you work with in love. I'm sending you to lead your community in love. To live a different life that makes a difference in life. But you, you, you gotta be believable. This is why he says, you shall be holy to me. You shall be holy. For I, the Lord, am holy. And I've separated you from the peoples that you should be mine. See, this is what trips us out, right? Because what does that even mean to be holy? I mean, we can sing songs to God about how holy he is. No problem. We get that. All right, we're, 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 we, we can actually intellectually wrap a hold of, yes, he's holy. 
We can emotionally wrap around this. Yes, he's holy. Functionally, we can even wrap around that. Yes, he is holy and I'm gonna serve a holy God. But when he tells me to be holy, I got problems. I'm tripping out. I know me. Right? And plus, I've, I haven't been really taught very well through the years or given great examples. I mean, there's many out there on what holiness actually is. I think maybe some of us have been led to believe in all the wrong things as it pertains to holiness. Number one, I think we, we, we've been led to believe that it's just not possible. It's just not possible. Right? I mean, we think of the fact like, like you know, if you saw the, the, the life that I've lived before, you would recognize that it's not possible for me. If you can know the thoughts that go in and, in and out of my head on a daily basis, I'm, I'm, I don't know if I like hanging out with me sometimes. But God says, be holy because I am holy. So he's, he's actually, he's not giving us an impossible task to do. So there is, there is a way. We'll get to that a little bit. Number two, we, we've been taught that it's only situational. That holiness is only situational. Like when the other Christians are around. Oh man, the Christians are here. <laughs> yes, no, I was just praying over this, over these drugs and alcohol. I was just praying that the Lord would just, <laughs> I was just, you know, we, 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 uh, we believe that it's only situational. We've been, we've been taught this. We're not only taught this, but we've been given examples. I, I remember I was in, when I first gave my life to Christ, there was this guy, Juan, all right, was, you know, while I was in college. And he was, <laughs> some of you get that. Anyways, he was, um, he was very, 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 very strong in the word of God. And I was like, man, this guy's awesome. And then when we were, we would go out and, uh, you know, cause they would have rec time at college and you would go out and play basketball. And, uh, and he was, and he would play basketball and I wouldn't, I would just watch cause I'm not a big fan of that. All right. And, and then he would play and somebody would come along him and he would step on their foot. Gah, and come, and then, gah, and I just started, wait, wait a second. So oh, this whole thing you're teaching is, is, is just, as long as it's not on the, bas on the basketball, there's no holes barred or, or basketball court. Or, I don't get it. And we've been taught that it's not, it's not possible. It's, it's only situational or, or, or number three, that, that we can redefine it. We can redefine holiness, man. It's okay to redefine it because we want to do what we want to do. So we redefine what it's okay to do. Or we try to justify these things in ourselves. We've been taught this. We've been led by example, some of us. Maybe not all of us. Or number four, we believe that it's something, and this is probably the biggest one because it kind of, speaks into all the others is we believe it's something we have to do rather than someone we need to be. We think that holiness is something we have to do. You know what I mean? I just need a do a to do list. You know, we don't like being told what to do, but if I'm going to have to go to hell because I don't do these things, give me a list. I'll try to hit the big ones. Okay. I'm not going to kill anybody today. Um, you know, we, and we just, we think it's just this list of, uh, dude, this, this, is not, this is not a life that makes a difference in life. This, this misunderstanding of holiness. You know, I, I wonder, 
Yeah, I shared a statistic with you a few weeks ago about 85% of, the Christian, of Christians will never lead somebody to Christ. And I, I wonder if the reason that most, you know, 85% of Christians will have never led one person to Christ is because they themselves are not truly following very closely. Or they don't know how. Holiness, you guys, is something we become. And it's something that we pursue to grow in. Holiness is not a life of do's and don'ts. I mean, when, 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 when we put a line, all right, when we put a line, I'm looking for a line, there's no line. All right, when we put a line on the ground and says, this is not holy and this is holy, we tend to find ourselves getting as close as we can to that unholy line. Right? Because we don't understand. We think holiness is merely external. It's just, it's just on the outside. So every once in a while, we'll be like, <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean what's up? What is up with that? Because we think it's something that we, we just do. And it's the holiness is not something you do. It's who you become, amen? Come on, it's who God empowers you. Jesus positions you to, to be holy, all right? And I, and I love this, man, because we're going to be talking about this in, in, in the next three, three weeks, basically. And, then, and, that, and that holiness is, and I'll put it up there, holiness is, is only initiated by Jesus' blood. Holiness is empowered by the Holy Spirit. And holiness is perfected, all right, for God's glory. Three things about holiness that we just need to know, all right? And we'll be talking about these over the next three weeks, all right? But, but, but we recognize that holiness is not a line that you just don't cross. Holiness is this person that Christ initiates you and positions you to become. He positions us for holiness through his death, his burial, and his resurrection, he has positioned us for holiness. You see, there, there was a day, man, huh, not too long after Jesus Christ, you know, had, had come and, and had, had died on the cross and was buried and rose again and taught, you know, and did, you know, taught some more, a couple more days. And then about, you know, about another month or so. And then he ascended into heaven. And then all the, the disciples, the, the, there was a room of about 120 disciples and, and they were chilling, man, because God said, just chill because I'm going to send my Holy Spirit and, and it's going to, he's going to fill you up. All right. And you're going to be prepared. All right, to just change the world, to lead the world for the glory, for my glory. And so they were there and then the Holy Spirit just kind of rushes in and these men and women are filled with the Spirit of God and they start speaking these amazing, these amazing uh, just these things about the kingdom of God and people are hearing it in different languages, in their own language and they come and they're like, what the heck's going on? And Peter gets up and he preaches this amazing sermon and he talks about, you know, how God has just never changed. And he's never given up on the planet. He's never given up on humanity. And he still is using people who will just be his to change the world. And he shares that this, the catalyst for us to be able to live this type of life was the cross of Jesus Christ and the death and burial of Jesus Christ and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And he shared this with the people. 
And the people were just blown away. It shares this in verse, in Acts chapter two, verse 37, said, when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, brothers, what are we going to do? What do we need to do? We always think that there's something we need to do. I remember, I don't know how many times I can tell you that, you know, I've talked and, and preached or I've been in somewhere, somebody else is preaching and has somebody with me. And then somebody just says, man, I feel like I need to do something. Because that's what we've been taught. Don't just stand there, do something. When in fact, it begins with becoming someone. Not just doing something, you become someone. See, the be has to come before the do, all right? Otherwise, we're just doing stuff, just all kinds of doing stuff, and we don't, we forget why we're doing it. And he tells us, they said, well, what do we need to do? And Pete says, look at this. He says, look at, he says to them in verse 38, he says, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. He's saying, look at man, you need to stop being who you were and you need to become who a guy who Christ has positioned you to become through his death, his burial, and his resurrection. Realistically, the only way to be somebody you're not, check this out. Realistically, the only way to become somebody you're not is to die to who you are. Not a real popular thing, is it? The only way to become somebody you're not is to die to who you are. The only way to be holy is to die through unholiness. And we just can't just be head knowledge. You just can't be, you know, knowledge of that I just kind of acquired and stuff like that. The change and who you are has to become from the inside out. Repentance out of who we used to be, and into who we must become. A life of repentance, and I just, because there's another church world that we don't really um, explain enough, and I think sometimes we under-explain it or we over-explain it, and just so I would like to make it really simple. Some people have just said, it's just making a U-turn. I was going this way, and then I'm repented. Now I'm going this way, all right? (laughs) The cross is over here. I'm going away from the cross. Oh, Jesus went back to the cross. All right? It's way more than that. But let's not overcomplicate it. Here's the thing. If I'm walking away from Jesus, if I'm living a life that is away from God, I'm, I'm, I'm living a whole life. Not just my feet, not just my body going in one direction, but my whole life. I'm, 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 I'm walking away from Christ in my heart, in my mind, and then my body follows, right? And so in order to repent, I need to return wholeheartedly, whole mind, whole body, whole person, all right? And so what I've discovered, if I want to use that analogy, there's a little more that's taking place on that walk. I'm walking away from God and I'm recognizing it and my heart is broken over it. 
I'm walking away from God and my mind is like, man, you need, you need to turn around and you, you don't need to stop being this person and be this person that he's positioned me to be. And then my body needs to follow. Heart, my head, and my hands. Repentance requires all of that. Simply put, hopefully not oversimplified, but repentance out of who we used to be and into who we need to become. But we have to remember, man, it's, it's, just, it's, just, it's being. You see, the being took place inside my heart, inside my mind, and then my soul started to get engaged, and I don't even know what that is yet, and, all right, but once I started walking away, all right, and to God, he started revealing to me what that actually is, to love the Lord my God with all my soul. And it started to make sense. But it required the inside to make the change before I started putting things on on the outside. Being must come before doing. It's like trying to do a math problem, all right? One of those math problems that has letters, all right? I don't know why in the world. Whose idea was to start using? We didn't have enough numbers to you know, configure. Let's throw some letters in there. It's like, I don't get all that, you know what I mean? But when you have one of those math problems, got letters, all right, and you start figuring it out, and if you get something wrong right about here, but you just think, you know what, I'm just going to keep going because it'll just work out, all right? It never works out, right? It's the same thing when you try to do without being. I'll just be later. I was going to do, become. Christ has positioned you for holiness, all right, by his death, his burial, and his resurrection, by defeating death, by defeating the enemy. He's positioned you for holiness. Now, in the next few weeks, we'll talk about practically how that, how, that, how that pans out. But for now, we need to know that we have been positioned. He says in verse 39, for the promises, and he was talking, you're like, that was 2,000 years ago. Well, look what he says. For the promises for you and for your children and for all who are far off, all right, everyone whom the Lord calls to himself, he says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Boom. Behold, the new has come. Some of us can really appreciate that. I love how Pastor Chad last week, when he was sharing... Um, it did amazing. Did he knock it out of the park? <laughs> Praise the Lord. But I love how we were sharing how, you know, kind of the same context as we were talking about in Leviticus. Well, um, they were going into a place, but they are also coming out of a place. They were coming out of Egypt. I don't know if you remember. He was talking about how, you know, there were slaves in Egypt and how craziness, you know, just kind of just kind of got them all over Egypt and Egypt was just being worked and ingrained into their lives. And he says that God didn't just call them out of Egypt. He was also calling Egypt out of them. All right. He didn't just call them out of Egypt, but he was calling out of Egypt out of them. And I like to move forward with that by thinking, you know, God isn't just trying to get us out of the world. All right. He's trying to, to, to he's leading the world out of us so that he, so that we can lead the world to him. You see, this is what I'm talking about. This, he's not just calling us, you know, out of unholiness and into holiness. All right. He's leading the unholiness out of us so that we can lead others into his holiness for his glory. This is a different life that makes a difference in life. This, if lived 
and pursued is a believable life. It's estimated by the year 2050, check this out. It's estimated by the year 2050 that 40 million young people who are right now uh, growing up and will be growing up in Christian homes will walk away from their faith. It's estimated in 2050 that 40 million young Christians will walk away from their faith. We can turn that around. We can turn that around by living a set-apart life that loves them in and keeps them engaged. A believable life, right? A believable life, all right? A different life that makes a difference in life. We could turn that all around. So what are we gonna do? I have a couple of verses I just, I thought maybe you might want to take with you this week. We've talked about it a little bit before. But if you were to take 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 13 through 15, and just meditate on that this week. I'm going to share it with you real quick. All right, we're going we're gonna to stop right here, all right, but, but because there's more to come next week and the week after as we continue to pursue this uh, understanding of holiness in our life. But, but what I want you to do this week, I want, you to, I want you to take 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 13 through 15. Actually, I want you to go 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 13 through 16. Add another verse. You're like, oh man, another verse? No, I know you're not. I know I'm just playing. And here's what he says. he says. He says, therefore, preparing your minds for action. Because of all this, you know all this. You've been positioned for holiness. You're getting an understanding. And I'm going to share a really quick line, just a little bit, give you a little bit more understanding what holiness is. All right. He says, therefore, prepare your minds for action and be, being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former grace or your former ignorance, my bad. But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. And you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa holy. Again, you, maybe you're getting lost on this word holy because we don't use that a lot unless we're talking about God. We don't use that a lot about talking about each other. Be believable. Be a believable follower of Jesus Christ. A believable representation of Jesus Christ. Be believable. Be pure. And I'm not just talking about sexual purity. Yes, that is included, but there is so much more to purity. To being pure, meaning, meaning to be unmixed. Pure daughter of the king, pure son of the king, pure brother in Christ, pure sister in Jesus. Be unmixed. 
this idea of holiness is be believable, be pure, be unmixed, be holy. God is saying, man, I just want you to show people what I look like as image bearers of the King of Kings, God Almighty. I just want you to show people what I look like. Holiness was meant to be shared and served in love, not contempt. We must remember that. Holiness is not like, you're not holy. You need to be more like me. That's not what God does. God loves us into his holiness. He welcomes us and embraces our crazy, crazy lives into his holiness as his son, Jesus Christ, covers that life and positions us for holiness. Amen. Holiness was never meant to be shared in contempt, to be served in contempt, but to be shared and served in love. This is the life that lights the way, amen? This is the life that leads the way, amen? This is the life that lives out the way, amen? This is the life that understands that lives will change, not because we invited them to church, but because we invited them into our walk with Christ. A different life that makes a difference in life, a believable life. Amen? Well, we got the easy part done. What you gonna do about that? It's your turn, right? Praise the Lord.